Hey, everybody, before we start the show, I just wanted to tell you that we have a Patreon if you're interested in supporting the show. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com and you can get rid of all of the pesky commercials. And it's cheap. It's only a dollar a month. Patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host, and I am recording on a Tuesday because I already have a complete show written. And if I record today, I'll meet my goal of getting it out on Friday and not Saturday, Sunday, or Monday like I did with the um, Tesla AI Day show. We don't have any announcements today, so we can jump right into the news. I'm going to start with the Tesla news first because there really wasn't that much Tesla news this week other than, you know, Tesla AI Day, Elon buying Twitter, and <laughs> what's the other thing? Oh, e- Elon is trying to negotiate some sort of settlement between Ukraine and Russia, and it's not going well on Twitter. But I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about Tesla increasing supercharger prices in California. According to Electric, at one time, it would cost between 5 and $10 for a full charge in an electric vehicle, or for a Tesla anyway. Now it will cost you about $30 for a 60-kilowatt-hour battery. Um, that still seems like a good deal to me because I paid $89 to fill my car up with dead dinosaurs yesterday. So still seems... Like EVs are are the better deal. Um, take away all the other positives that EVs uh, give you. Uh, filling them with with energy is still way cheaper. Elon said that the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration needs to stop calling over the air fixes updates, and I completely agree with this. I think that it's ridiculous to say that uh, Tesla is recalling a million cars when really it's just an over-the-air update to fix the problem. But I do think it should be called something, and I don't know, I honestly don't know what it should be called. So if you do, I would like you to email me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com, and I'd be interested to hear what you think it should be called. And uh, I'll, I'll read them on the next show. Just so you know, normally when you send me an email, I keep it private and I don't read it unless you say it's okay to read 
on the air in your email. I, I keep that between us. But in this case, I'm letting you know ahead of time if you have suggestions, and even if they're funny ones, because Jerry, the uh, Patreon supporter Jerry, sent me a, a very, a very funny email this morning um, that I will not repeat here. I'm just, he <laughs> made me laugh. I'm just saying, you made me laugh. Um, in this case, I, I welcome the absurdity. Bring the silliness with this, and then also the seriousness. I'd, I'd like to really know what you think. Anyway, special shout out to Jerry for making me laugh between 3 p.m. and 3.05 p.m. Anyway, German firefighters responded to Tesla's Giga Berlin battery recycling plant for a early morning fire. When I first read this headline, I thought, oh, my gosh, something involved, you know, the actual battery recycling process caught on fire. Uh, this is probably a big deal. But in reality, it was just large bundles of cardboard and paper. Judging from the picture in Electric that I saw, the cardboard bundles were well away from any structures, so there's really not a concern about it spreading anywhere other than to other cardboard bundles, which there seem to be a lot of. A local environmental group who jumps on any opportunity to shut down Tesla's operation at Giga Berlin has once again asked for Tesla's uh, uh, operation certificate to be revoked until they can determine the what caused the fire. It seems like any time that I report on something that, you know, is kind of bad, like a fire or whatever, there's this environmental group or this group that says, you know what, we would like you to shut down operations at this site until we can determine what's really going on. A few months ago, there was a paint leak at Giga Berlin that was properly contained because they have containment fields throughout the property. It was all properly contained. And the group said, we need to shut this down until we can find out what really happened. And you know what? I can understand those concerns. I am a hundred percent on, on board with you. I think that it's good to have uh, groups out there holding industry accountable because we're kind of in a situation where for a long time, and this goes back to even to the 1800s, late 1800s, where industry wasn't really held accountable for things that they were doing, and we're currently paying for that now. So I think it's good that these groups exist. I know that some people find them annoying and really don't care for them, but my personal belief is like this is part of the checks and balances, because at some point in time, a, a company is going to overstep their bounds, and a group like this is going to be like, nope, and they're going to shed light on it, and then hopefully it'll be resolved to a level that everybody's happy with. That doesn't always happen, of course, because that's kind of pie in the sky. But, you know, I, I think it's good that these groups exist is what I'm saying. I don't have to agree with them. I just want them to exist. Now, this cardboard fire, cardboard bundle fires are actually very common. Um, it's not all that different from a haystack fire. It probably rained there. And then some organic stuff happened between the cardboard and it spontaneously combusted and caught on fire. Like it's really common. It's this isn't all that different than a haystack fire. Or if you've ever had like grass, wet grass clippings, and then you put them in a, a bag and you tie up the bag and you go back like an hour or two later or a day or two later and it's warm, it's the same process that's happening to these cardboard fires. Now, I don't know for sure that this is what happened, but based on my experiences, this is likely what happened. So I don't think this is that big of a deal. But I talk about it because the way that the the headlines that I read made it sound is that the battery recycling plant caught on fire. That's not what happened here. Moving on. 
Elon said on Twitter that the Cybertruck will be able to cross rivers, lakes, and calm seas. Now, I'm going to be nice here because at first I wanted to say some not-so-nice things. So I'm going to try and be as nice as I can. As someone who responds to emergency situations when someone does something pointless and stupid, uh, I've seen what what, what can happen, what, what the outcome could be. And I'm going to ask you if you buy a Cybertruck or you're in a Cybertruck when somebody's wanting to do this, do not participate in this nonsense. Why? Because you could die. People in your car could die. First responders trying to save you can die. Like there's... This is the kind of thing that that Elon does that frustrates me. There is an argument to say that a lake is like a you know static body of water, and you could probably relatively safely float a Cybertruck across the lake because it's not moving unless you uh, you know are trying to do it at the Great Lakes or any sort of similar lake that has you know tides and stuff. But in general, you know, lakes are pretty static, right? I still not recommending you do this. I still think it's a terrible idea. Rivers and oceans are in motion. And we'll just start with rivers. Rivers, depending on where you are on that river, it moves faster in some places and not as fast in others. And with rivers, it can also be very uh, misleading as to where you can actually safely forge the river. Uh, you may think that it's moving slow, but it maybe it's not. Like it, it's It's more difficult to to determine whether or not that cyber truck's going to get swept away or not. And I'm saying this from experience because I've seen cars do that here in Arizona. We have what are called the monsoons and people try to cross what are now effectively rivers because it's rained so much and everything's kind of flooded into these little areas and the water's moving faster than you think. And one of two things happens. One is the person tries to cross and they get stuck and they can't safely get out of their car, so they require a whole bunch of firefighters to come out and rescue them. Another thing that happens occasionally is that it will just kind of like take your car away. You'll just be swept down with the river, and then you'll end up somewhere where maybe you don't know where you are, and maybe it's a little more difficult to get help to you, and maybe helicopters have to be involved at this point. Like, it's just not a good idea. Like, it, just don't do it. The, the Cybertruck doesn't have a rudder. Um, even if it did, I don't think I would necessarily, uh, recommend it, but you're going to end up getting hurt. Don't do this is really what I'm saying. And then also oceans for goodness sakes, <laughs> like don't cross an ocean with your cyber truck. Well, come on. It's a terrible idea. I don't, I don't, I don't know why he said this, but on behalf of all firefighters and first responders, don't do this. Like, Controlling a Cybertruck on a lake would be moderately difficult. Trying to control it in fast-moving water or changing water like the ocean would be a nightmare. So let's go ahead and jump into our EV news here. Some quick news bits. Ford has broken ground on Blue Oval City in western Tennessee. This is a massive $5.6 billion facility that will produce batteries and an all-new electric truck. I want to know, what do you think Ford's going to build at this facility? We all know it's going to be a new electric truck. Is it going to be an affordable electric truck, like a Ranger or a Maverick or something you know, along that lines, maybe called something different? Or is it going to be something like the F-250 or F-350, something that's built for people who work for a living and not for people like myself? Let me know. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. 
Next up, Faraday Future. Faraday Future won't die. I've been talking about Faraday Future since I started this podcast. Like it was basically, here's how it ran down. It was Tesla, Faraday Future, and Lucid when I first started this podcast. And briefly, we would kind of talk about some things that Volkswagen was doing and a lot of promises that other auto manufacturers were doing because everything was going to happen in 2020, which we all know that that wasn't the case. So, Faraday Future raised $100 million recently to start production of the Faraday Future 91, which is the FF91. $100 million, if I'm being honest, doesn't seem like it's enough to start production. Now, I don't know what their financial situation is, and I don't know how close they to production they are. But, uh, I mean, if they were if they were broke and they brought in $100 million, uh, th- that might be tight for them. But I will keep you posted, and we'll see what happens. I really don't wish ill to Faraday Future. I want them to succeed and do well. It's just, it's you know, it's been a long haul for those folks. Lots of changes. Polestar will debut the Polestar 3 on October 12th, and that is all I have to say about that. We'll talk more about it after October 12th. Lordstown Motors has finally started production on the Lordstown Endurance. That's their electric pickup truck, which initially was designed for fleets. I don't know what they're planning on doing with it now. According to Autoblog, Lordstown actually started production early, which I think it was supposed to be like 2023 when they were going to start production officially. I mean, if you don't include the the time in 2020 when they were supposed to start production, uh, it's early, not late. Anyway, they've built a few Lordstown endurances, according to Autoblog. And I wish nothing but the best for Lordstown and their employees. And really, it's more just for the employees because I want to see these people, you know, get paid. I'm sure they would like to be paid as well. Mobileye has applied for an IPO in the United States. Now, if you don't know, Intel owns Mobileye currently. They used to work with Tesla a while ago, back in 2016 or 17, they kind of had a messy breakup and then Tesla started working on their own Tesla hardware. But this would allow Mobileye to actually be a publicly traded company here in the United States. So something to keep an eye on if you're interested in that kind of thing. The Chevy Bolt EV and EUV hit a new record in Q3. Chevy sold 14,709 bolts which is a 226% gain year over year. So congratulations to the Chevy team. Indian automaker Tata Motors just launched a $10,000 car. It's called the Tiago EV or Tiago.EV. It's a small four-passenger hatchback. It's a pretty basic car. The vehicle starts, like I said, at $10,000. Fully maxed out, it's around $14,000, which is a pretty good deal. There is a gas version of the Tiago, which starts at $6,000, so you pay a little bit more for to get an EV. The Tiago EV comes equipped with a 19-kilowatt-hour battery, which the company says will give you about a around 250 kilometers of range, which is about 150 miles, or a 24-kilowatt-hour battery for a little bit more which will get you 315 kilometers, according to the company, or 217 miles. Now, from my standpoint, $10,000 seems like a really good deal. Seems like a very reasonably priced vehicle, and honestly, it is. But according to timedoctor.com, the average monthly income in India 
is about 29,400 Indian rupees, which here in the United States, that would be about $392. The car payment for the Tata, if you didn't put any money down or have a trade in, would be about $162 a month. So when we are looking at the median income, uh, monthly income, that's actually, you know, quite a high number. But of course, that doesn't mean that no one will be able to afford this vehicle. That's just the median income. Obviously, there are folks on either side of that income level. So I think this is a pretty cool vehicle for the folks who can afford it. And even better is when these vehicles hit the used car market, that will allow folks who can't afford a new vehicle to maybe be able to pick this up as a used vehicle and still, you know, have an EV. So that's pretty cool. If you live in India, and I know we have some folks who listen to this podcast who live in India, would you email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com, and tell me if this is something you would be interested or not? I, I, I'm curious to know. The Nissan Aria will arrive later this year and will start at a price of $43,190. The initial unit sold will be front-wheel drive, but the all-wheel drive E-Force, which is spelled E-4ORSE, will eventually follow in 2023. So let's go over the features of the Nissan Aria EV. First up, we have driver assist features with Nissan Safety Shield 360, Pro Pilot Assist with NaviLink. I'm going to be honest, I don't know what those things are. I'm going to I'm going to assume they help keep you safe while you're driving the vehicle. The Aria has a 12.3-inch instrument cluster as well as a 12.3-inch infotainment system. As far as interface goes, the car is going to have a nice mix of touchscreen as well as tactile buttons. The vehicle features wireless Apple CarPlay, which that's pretty cool, Android Auto, and Amazon Alexa. Nissan is offering six trim packages for the Aria. It'll top out at $60,190. Nissan will not be using Chatamo for the Aria, which I'm sure a lot of you are very happy about. It'll actually be using a CCS connector for charging the vehicle. Two different battery packs. We're looking at a 63 kilowatt hour battery pack, which gets you about 216 miles, somewhere close to that. And there's an option for an 87 kilowatt hour battery, which gets you right around 304 miles. The press release, which I read off of Nissan's website, says 265 to 304, depending on the trim. Overall, I'm really looking forward to seeing this vehicle in real life. Over the last couple of years, the Nissan Leaf's been kind of stagnant, and I think that the Aria is going to breathe new life into their EV program. Hertz is planning on converting 25% of its fleet to electric vehicles by 2024 to ensure their customers have a place to charge their rental vehicles. Hertz and British Petroleum, or BP Pulse, which is British Petroleum's EV fleet charging solution, They have signed a Memorandum of Understanding for developing and deploying a nationwide charging network. What does that mean in the real world? Uh, Probably not a whole lot. Uh, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a business person, but my understanding of Memorandums of Understanding is that they are really there just saying that both people or both sides are acting in good faith, but they're not really binding unless I guess it specifically says in the memorandum of understanding, but in that case, it would be a contract. So 
Yeah. I mean, I hope that they build a nationwide network. They don't really say where they're going to be building a nationwide network. Hertz is all over the place, but it would be cool. We do need more chargers. So looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Cadillac is recalling 186 Lyric EVs. The issue is with a infotainment touchscreen. It just shuts down. And we don't have official sales numbers of the Cadillac Lyric. So I don't know if this is 100% of the vehicles out there or 2% of the vehicles that have been sold to this point. We just don't know. Uh, but what we do know is that if you are, if you have a Cadillac Lyric EV, first email me. It's Bodie at 918digital.com and let me know what you think of it. And second, all you have to do is for this temporary fix is shut down the vehicle and then restart it. Just like pretty much every other piece of electronics out there. GM will be issuing an over there update on November 7th to permanently fix the issue. And I can't think of a very good way to transition that story to our next story. So I'm just going to own it and let you know I'm dumb. Chinese car manufacturer Build Your Dreams or BYD is sharing limited pricing information for their first electric vehicles to arrive in Europe. We have three models. We have the Han, which is a sedan. It's going to cost about 72,000 euros. It looks nice and luxurious. All three vehicles will feature advanced driver assist systems for whatever reason. That's, that's a really hard word, but it's basically their version of autopilot and full self-driving, also known as ADAS. If we hear that, if you see that or, or hear that, that's what that means. We're looking at a range of 605 kilometers or 375 miles, which is pretty good. Zero to 62 in 3.9 seconds. So yeah, an, a nice sedan. I don't know if it's $72,000 nice, but it's nice. Next up, we have the SUV, which is the Tang, T-A-N-G. The Tang is a larger vehicle. It'll accommodate seven passengers. It has a really cool 12.8-inch rotatable screen, which is also something the Fisker Ocean offers, but their screen is 17.1 inches. As for range, we're looking at 528 kilometers or 328 miles, 0 to 62 in 4.6 seconds. Now with everything, or pretty much everything that I talk about on this show, I only have what I can read and what I can see in the pictures, right? I, I have never touched this vehicle. But as far as luxury goes, the Tang looks like it's a much more luxurious vehicle than the Han, which is the sedan that we just talked about. And the price is the same. It's 72,000 euros. So I, I don't know, maybe the Han just doesn't photograph well. Maybe it's just not a very photogenic vehicle, but the Tang looks, it looks like it's dripping in luxury. The Han looks like it's a nicer version of the Model 3. So just good judging from the pictures, I have not obviously um, driven any of these vehicles or seen them in person. Finally, we have the Auto 3, A-T-T-O 3. It's an SUV. It comes in at 38,000 euros or $36,000 right around there somewhere. It's a more simple interior. It's got a smaller infotainment system, an instrument cluster. It'll have a range of 420 kilometers or 260 miles, 0 to 62 in 7.3 seconds. And I think that's okay. I mean, this is a, this is an affordable vehicle. All three vehicles will feature Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, 
I mentioned before, driver assist systems, an iPhone app, and they wanted to let you know that all three have a heat pump. If you look at these vehicles from the front, they're actually designed to look like a dragon. And to me, they look a little bit like a car, but sometimes I can see where they're saying they look like a dragon. If they were designed to look like a dragon, it's subtle. All right, my my voice is going. I'm having a hard time keeping it in check here, as you could probably tell. So we have one more quick story, and then we're going to leave it for the week. The U.S. Department of Transportation has approved plans to build electric charging stations across 75,000 miles of U.S. highways. Just as a point of reference, according to the Federal Highway Administration, there are 161,000 miles of highway in the United States. So this is just a bit more than a half of the total highways in the United States. This would allow for 500,000 EV chargers, not charging stations, but 500,000 EV chargers. So the next big step is to actually get them installed. And the next even bigger step is to keep them running, which is really important. All right, everybody, that is it for our show this week. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter at 19 at 918digital. Uh, yeah, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody who emailed in, and there was quite a few of you about Tesla AI Day and and providing feedback on those big episodes like that, especially on a topic like artificial intelligence. I don't even know if I'm even hitting the mark with you folks. I don't even know if what I'm explaining makes sense to you. So that feedback is always appreciated. So thank you very much for that. All right, everybody, I hope you have a great week, and I will talk to you next Friday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.